Welcome to the Driveway Beers Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share on any platform that you're listening on. All right, welcome back to another episode. We appreciate you coming back, as always. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share. And if you can, if you're on the podcast platforms, uh, if you wouldn't mind rating us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, um, I guess Google Podcast is still a thing, although I heard they're switching that to uh, YouTube Music eventually. So if you're listening on Google Podcasts, I think that might go away eventually. And you might end up listening to us on YouTube Music. Um, but if you're listening to us on any podcast platform, please give us a uh, a five-star rating, if you will. Or if you don't like us, give us a one-star rating. <laughs> Tell us we suck. But that, at least that way we know you're listening. And don't forget to check us out on we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Although I think I post the same photo on Instagram and just change the episode up. But, <laughs> but I think it's the same picture every time. Um, we appreciate you listening. If you have any comments on the show, let us know. You can comment uh, on Facebook, on Instagram. You can tell us we suck on Twitter. Um, it's just nice to know people are listening. Although we know you're listening. We see the downloads. So that's good, too. want to thank Brian Schilling at AnnapolisHomeExperts.com. If you need a real estate agent looking to buy or sell a home in the Annapolis or Anne Arundel County area, give Brian a call. Brian's a really nice guy and will treat your transaction as if it's coming out of his own pocket. And that's really all you can ask from a real estate agent is that they treat your money like it's their money, uh, will not get you in a bad transaction. And that's what I look for in a real estate agent. Um, he's also, because he's so well connected in the area, he can get you into houses before they actually go on the market. Uh, and as a selling agent, he knows enough of the agents around the area that he might have the house sold before it hits the market. Right now, that's happening in this area. Um, just a rough market, and you don't want to go into it without an experienced real estate agent. And AnnapolisHomeExperts.com with Brian Schilling is the way to go. I want to thank Cheers and Spirits in the Arnold Station Plaza. Um, last week, we tried the Basil Hayden Regular. We never gave the, the final verdict on it. No, um, we didn't. So I'm a bit biased when it comes to Basil Hayden because it's probably my first foray into bourbon, and I still really enjoy it. Um, it's super. I mean, it's only it's only 80 proof, so it's not not super spicy, and you know, um, I just has good flavor. You know, either on the rocks or neat, or just a little bit of water in it. So I don't know. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a little bit of the opposite. So I don't dislike it. Mm-hmm. I just think, and this is probably what, like a $35 bottle or something 40 like, Something like that. I think we've had some others in that range that I probably would go for. Mm-hmm. But like I said, if someone poured this for me, I wouldn't be upset. I drank right. it. it I, I, I drank it all last episode. It tasted good. Mm-hmm. It just, it, it reminded me a little bit of the toast where the like I felt like there wasn't a lot of taste to it. It was it, it, it was weird. Like it didn't have a lot of like the some of the sweetness that some of the other ones we've had had. Okay. It, it, to me, it's like it's a very uh, it's like plain chicken, right? Like I like chicken, um, but there just wasn't much flavor to it for me. I got you. Yeah. So like I don't dislike it, but I probably wouldn't choose it. Yeah. 
That's just me, though. So I really enjoyed the that real high test stuff that I got that um, slow ambler. Yeah, because it really had that like the nice cinnamon taste. So, um, but I just liked it. It's a nice, easy drinking uh, bourbon. That makes sense, though. So, you and I definitely. I think what we found out since we started drinking bourbon, you and I definitely have different tastes. We have different palates for it. Mm-hmm. Um, where like. Some of the stuff I really like, you'll think is okay. Some of the stuff you really like, I think is okay. Yeah. Um, the funny part was when we had that tin cup, we both were like, oh, this is garbage. <laughs> and I was so, I, I thought that was going to be so good. I was so hyped up for that, yeah. man. Like The reviews on it were like, for the price that you can't beat it, it's like, wow, this tastes like shit. Yeah. It's probably the only one that I really didn't like. Yeah. Of all, there's one other that had a real chemically taste, and- you know, and the basil Hayden toast kind of had a taste. It had that taste like like burnt nuts almost. Like, yeah. like it just wasn't, it didn't do a whole lot for me. We might not be a toasted fan. It could be. I mean, maybe that should be the next episode. We try another toasted product. Yeah. Because we haven't gone back to one since then. <laughs> you no, know, we have not. Um, so maybe, maybe next time uh, I'll look for another toasted product. See See if anyone, if you have any recommendations for a toasted bourbon that might be better than the Basil Hayden toast or might be different, let us know. Because people seem to love these toasted products. Like, oh, it tastes like marshmallows. And I'm like, I don't, I don't get that at all. Yeah. One other one I want to try before the, the year is up. Um, and I don't really know if I'm going to say this correctly. Is like either like, not quite a sherry, but like a port finished. Okay. Where like they finish it in a a wine barrel, mm-hmm. or is that is that just sherry? So there are two fortified wine. Well, there's port and sherry. Okay, so they're different. Yes. Okay. Yeah, there's two different kinds. There's two. There's a port, and then there's a sherry. Okay. So when I was a kid and go to church, they always served. Most of the time it was port. Sometimes it was sherry at communion. Hmm. So just a little bit, you know, but there's actually a story behind it because after um, after the uh, Henry VIII broke away from the Catholic Church, the Spanish and Italians would no longer s- sell wine to the English, however, the Portuguese would, which is where port wine comes from, apparently. That's where the name comes from. So, um, yeah. So is there port finished bourbon? Or am I just making something up? So there are fortified wines. So it's not like a cognac or a brandy, I guess, which is wine that's gone through a distillation thing, as I understand it. And I could be way wrong. But I think there's port and sherry. They're just sweeter and have more alcohol content than regular wine. And I, they do come in a barrel. So that's probably what they're finishing the, the bourbon in is that port barrel. I think we just found an episode. Yeah. We got to find someone who knows the difference between a port, a sherry, a bourbon finished in like a wine barrel, and like a cognac. You says cognac. See, what's, what's cognac? I don't even know what that is. It's French. It's just French bourbon? Uh, no, it's not bourbon at all. What is it? I don't know. That's why we need an expert. It'd be great if we had a machine around here that we could ask i know right tell like, us. Like, 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 like jamie who's not a, who's not a machine but yeah 
Um, all right, so that that's the task for the next thing. Because we're we gonna we're, we're gonna read it. We're gonna ask Google, have it read it. Yeah, I'm gonna. T- oh, I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna duck, duck, go it. I don't Google anything. Oh, okay, then protect your privacy with yeah. DuckDuckGo. We are yeah. not sponsored by that, by the way. You're not. Not at all. However, DuckDuckGo, if you care to sponsor yeah. this. We are open for sponsorships, DuckDuckGo. Let's see. Um, I think I think what we got to do is we got we to find an expert and do a show on it. That's what yeah. we got to do. We should drink some port and sherry, too. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, we'll, we'll, have, we'll have them come, and we'll do shots of port and sherry and cognac. Yeah, so cognac is just a variety of brandy. So what's brandy? Brandy is, uh, let's see. So it's using twice by twice distilling wine. So it's distilled wine. That's what I think. I, I now now I'm just curious. I gotta, I want to try it. I imagine it's sweeter than bourbon. Then so it's the difference between sparkling wine and champagne. Champagne has to come from a certain region in France, or it's just sparkling wine. Okay. But everyone calls it champagne because that's what they call it. Right. So cognac is just from the, uh, it's from that region of France. So brandy and cognac are the same? Yes. Okay. I still want to try it. Yeah. I think it would probably taste pretty good. Yeah. Is Corvassier cognac, or is that brandy? Jesus. Right. See, I don't know anything about that. No, I don't know. That's what. Okay, we're bringing in an expert. Yeah, not maybe not next episode. One after that, right? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try brandy and cognac, or 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 and then maybe like a port finish. I don't know. We're gonna, we're gonna figure this out. Right now, once distillation is complete, cognac must be aged in a limousine oak cask for at least two years before it can be sold to the public. Uh, it generally goes to the cask at an ABV of 70%, and it evaporates rate at 3% each year. So mm-hmm. by the time it's done, um, it goes to 40%. I always think, when I, when I hear brandy and cognac, I think of like snooty Englishmen. I like high price. Even though it's French. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think people just, it's one of those things that people think is expensive. Yeah. So they drink it because they think it's expensive. Or like, so luxury is the pursuit of the poor man or the pursuit of the fool. Sure. Um, And, you know, uh, they say a a poor man will spend his his last dime to look like a rich man. So, you know, and I see it all the time. Like, you go down, you know, so where we live, our neighborhood, now we're not on the water, unfortunately. But if you come out and you go further down the, the road that our neighborhood is, is on, you end up on big houses on the water. Mm-hmm. And I'll see those you know, people coming from the, and they're, you know, see the old guy driving the old Mercedes Benz? Probably a millionaire several times over. But he's driving an old E-Class from the, from the mid-90s. Still runs because he takes care of it really well. Wear just regular clothes, like you know, not fancy, flaunting it. So not like me, who who bought the twenty year old car at nineteen years old and yeah. still trying to make it run right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he didn't do that. Yeah, but um, you know that's 
I, I think that's the difference. Like, the fool is going to go out and spend all kinds of money on the expensive cognac or brandy where uh, just drink EJ. Who cares? Well, now I'm going to go I'm gonna go down the cognac slash brandy trail or port finished bourbon. I, I don't know. I, I got to look into this now. We need to look into scotches, too. We haven't done any scotch stuff. So you told me the scotch has that peaty kind of taste to it that tastes like shit. Some does. Okay. Some doesn't. So my father-in-law loves Johnny Walker. But there are other... Now, Scotch always makes me laugh because they always have names like, you know, uh, there's like the Glenn Fittich, the Glenn Moraney, the something. Right. Like, you know, the, Mc, the McCallahan. Like, what? The McRib. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I actually did drink, though, Scotch and soda. Not bad. Yeah. It's just soda water with Scotch, I, I guess. You know, I figured the ingredient, all the ingredients are the name. We had a really good, um, old fashioned. It had Angel's Envy, okay, bourbon, uh, and the bitters and the sweetener. But then it also had Di Sirono in it. Okay, it was, and it had the two the two maraschino cherries. So you mm-hmm. had the cherry flavor in there too. It was delicious. So that's something that I would like to get into. And a, an old friend of mine and I, and I were talking about it. The doing the um, some of the cocktails. Yeah. You know, like I think one of I'd have to go through the our we have this ongoing text you know thing. We're always texting each other during Caps games, and uh, sort of like a gin fizzy or gin like sure. And then there's like. Um, Tom Collins and Highball and uh, Old Fat. I don't know how to make any of these things, yeah. but they sound pretty good. So um, it's the old school cocktails. It's not this new stuff like, you know, what was the one that everyone was drinking where it was the mint that was muddled in the glass? And oh. I, God, I can't remember what they're called. Mojito. Oh. Bartenders hate them. You ask for Mojito, they're like douchebag. Because <laughs> a lot of work. You know, because you got to put like raw mint leaves yeah. into a glass, and they get like a mortar and pestle and like grind them up, like an apothecary. Just yeah, grinding in, like, the, in the wooden bowl. Yeah, like like they, fucking Neanderthal. And they're like they're like <laughs> motherfucking everybody that orders it. I'm just like, uh, Miller Light. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I just made a friend. <laughs> no, I, I really like this drink though. I think it had ginger ale in it too. So maybe it's ginger ale, Di Sirono. Angel's Envy, Bitters, and the Cherries. So I really like Mules. Moscow Mule. I have. I cannot get into them. So, maybe it's because I don't like the ones I've had, though. So then there's... Well, first of all, you have to have it in the Mule glass. It makes a difference. Okay. And it, it's the copper. I think it does the, the... There's some chemical reaction. You sound douchey, by the way. I do. Okay. I'm the, just juice. Like, uh, yeah. the juice. The <laughs> juice. I, so, I just want to point that out. Right. Okay. Continue well, though. When I'm when I'm doing the cook on my Blackstone, <laughs> that I, you know, after I went to the store and got the ingredients in my in my four door Jeep with an automatic transmission, and then I put the juice from my bourbon into the glass and muddle it. There's a chemical reaction. <laughs> How much douchism can I get into one <laughs> one sentence? Just all the douchiness. Yeah, but the. Uh, <laughs> 
my Jeep has a sticker on it. There's one that says Salt Life, and there's another <laughs> one that says it's upside down. If you can read this, please turn me over. Uh, <laughs> and on the front, it says Hummer Rescue Vehicle. Yeah. So <laughs> it's never been off road. No. no, it's in the grocery store parking lot. I need a step ladder to get into it, but it's never been off road because <laughs> I'm afraid. So, um, but I God, I lost my the douchiness just zapped my brain. <laughs> But uh, it's, it's, take, it's taken over the mule glass. I mean, I think the mule glass makes a difference, or the mule cup, the mule vessel. <laughs> um, however, I, a, some buddies of mine, it was three families. We all went on vacation. We came up with the uh, rather than the Moscow mule, we call it the Stalingrad donkey, <laughs> <laughs> which was diet ginger ale with lemon and vodka poured into it. So I think people are putting way too much effort into these things. One ginger ale is a great mixer. Oh, makers and gingers, my drink. I, I I swear to God, I think if you if you just do that, yep, and you enjoy it, why yeah. are why are people wasting all this time with all these other ingredients when you can literally put bourbon and ginger ale or vodka and ginger ale or anything in ginger ale and it tastes marvelous? Yeah, like when I have to like cook something to make a cocktail, right? Like when I have to use the stove to make a co- now we're going too far, right? Like, oh, I I made my own artisanal sir- simple syrup. It's just sugar and water, dog. That's all it is. Like, what are you doing? I, but, was, I would always feel weird if I went up to a bartender and said, hey, uh, can I get some uh, some bourbon and ginger ale? Yeah. Like, he's going to look at you like, what the, What fucking drink is that? Right. Nothing, asshole. It's ginger ale and bourbon. Put yeah. them together. Maker, <laughs> makers and ginger. Yeah. I like makers, Mark. Good stuff. A couple yeah. drops of bitters. Sure. Kind of brings it together. All right. Oddly enough, that was 17 minutes in. That was not supposed to be the topic today. Yeah, well, you know what? It was a good one. People so. got a little, people got a little extra. Um, the real topic. All right. So, for people that don't, and this is not going to be sports related, but Aaron Rodgers uh, is reportedly like a week or two away from returning to practice. So, and for it's probably about a week after this is going to air. So he he wants to go back to practice the first week in December, but they're probably going to wait till the second week because of the injured reserve rules and everything like that. If he does come back to practice, that's only three months removed from an Achilles tear. Yeah. Which is unheard of. An Achilles tear is generally nine months until you're back. Yeah. Not three. And when he put, when he kind of came out and said, I want to say it was after one month, after tearing it, he was like, oh, no, I think I'll be back in three months. And everybody ridiculed the shit out of this guy. <laughs> like, oh, he's such a fucking idiot. This is the COVID guy who said he was immunized. What does he know? He's not a doctor. And then, again, people like Dan Levitard bring out his name mm-hmm. because... Aaron says, well, I, I think I'm going to be back in two to three weeks at practice and possibly play in, the, in later December after four months. And, of course, people that can't think out of their own box because it hasn't been done yet, they can't say, oh, well, maybe it will. No, instead what they do is they go after his character. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, and, of course, you know, he's going to – and he, he says this on the Pat McAfee show. He's paying him to be there. It's like – you douche. You, know, you got fired from ESPN because you were a douchebag. 
It's hard to do, by the way. Stephen really A. Smith is still there. Yeah. It, there, there's a lot of douchebags still there. <laughs> but you, King Douchebag, got uh, fired. Uh, but there are other people that have that same mentality of, fuck that guy. He was the COVID guy who said he was immunized, even though he didn't take the jab. Right. What does he know? You know, even though the guy, and he believes in, you know, he, he did the ayahuasca trips and all this other stuff, which yeah. is like the, the highly psychedelic drug or whatever. Apparently, he, like, apparently when you do that, like you have like explosive diarrhea oh, yeah. and all kinds of other shit. Yeah, it, 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 there, was, um, there was a guy... I wish I could remember the the series, but this basically this guy, this pharmacologist, basically went around the world and and, and looked at alternative uh, drugs, and he he went down. I think it was to Brazil and did like a, a ayahuasca trip or something like that mm-hmm. at a, at a compound that specializes in ayahuasca. Yeah, and like it, he kind of chronicled it, and they videoed some of it, and it was crazy. It, it was crazy as it looked, um, but. It's like if you bring up any kind of alternative medicine to some people, they absolutely lose their shit. Oh, yeah. Like, how do... That's not science. Well, motherfucker, maybe it is. Yeah. Like, like I'm going to believe this sports talk asshole in Miami. Right. Like, I shouldn't believe the the actual... Like, the Dr. McCullough's of the world. Sure. But I should believe the freaking douchebag that got fired from ESPN. Yeah. That was too too much of a douche to even work there. Right. The, the thing that gets me is that rather than look at the, the, the medical history or talk to, let's say, rather, like, you're, you're calling out Aaron Rodgers to debate you. Mm-hmm. He's not going to do that because he fucking hates you because you're an asshole. But you won't even bring his doctor on. Right. To say, hey, how is this possible? You're not looking for truth. You're you're looking for Aaron's name to for people to listen to you. Which is exactly why I'm gonna name this episode Aaron Rodgers Sucks. <laughs> you know, because I want people to listen because I want people who love and hate Aaron Rodgers to listen to this. Yeah. Right? But that's what Dan Lebetard's doing. Except He's a multimillionaire with a radio show who doesn't need to do that bullshit anymore. Mm-hmm. But he's doing it because there's, nobody's probably listening to the show anymore. Well, it, it, yeah, because there are certain people out there that are lightning rods. Yeah, yeah. And they want people who are going to... So, like, like our intent of naming the show Aaron Rodgers Sucks is to get to people that like Aaron. Like, oh, screw these guys. I want to hear what they have to... And then also the people that actually feel that way, they're going to say... Oh yeah, he does. I, what, what do these guys have to say? Right, and then we're gonna piss. We're gonna make one side happy and the other side upset because they thought there was gonna be one thing and it was the other. <laughs> yeah. So now yeah, you got duped, but yeah. you've listened enough into it to count. Count. Yeah. So and it only look, look. We didn't even get to the topic until seventeen minutes in. Yeah. So hey, if they made it through the bourbon part, <laughs> we really got them. <laughs> Screw you guys. You guys are dicks. <laughs> but it, you know, and the weird part is. So after they ran out of stuff to go after Aaron Rodgers for, then they went after Pat McAfee because that's where Aaron goes and does his interviews. Yeah. And the reason why he goes on Pat McAfee's show is because Pat is a friendly uh, a friendly interview. Yeah. He's not... Like, during the whole COVID thing, Pat was the one guy who didn't like be like, oh, well, you said you were in the were Like, they, he, they, Pat wasn't out to get him. Yeah. It was Pat and Joe Rogan. Right. Those were the two people that... 
you know, actually asked what happened mm-hmm. rather than just accuse and blame. Yeah. So then Aaron kept going back on the show. Now, part of it is he's really good friends with AJ Hawk, who's associated with the show, mm-hmm. right? They played together in Green Bay. Yeah. Um, but of course, Dan then goes after Pat McAfee and says, you know, well, well, Aaron only goes on there because Pat pays him. Because it came out that Pat was paying some guests like a million dollars to come on the show. But does, but does Aaron Rodgers, need, I mean, the dude's got plenty of money. No, he doesn't need an extra mil yeah. from, from Pat. Yeah. But what happened was, so Pat did his show for a long time. Then he got sponsored by FanDuel for like, I think it was like 135 mil, right? It was a big paycheck. Yeah. FanDuel, if you need a, another podcast. <laughs> One mil will work for us. <laughs> I think 135 bucks. 135. That'll work. Yeah. <laughs> um, but essentially what happened was, so Pat got paid, and Pat is, I guess, a notoriously generous individual. Mm-hmm. He realized that he didn't butter his own bread the entire time, right? He had help. Yeah. So I guess he's got like eight or nine guys that work on the show with him. He gave them each like a million bucks a piece or two million a piece plus how, whatever. He gave them a large chunk of change so that they would never have to work again. Of course they do because they like working for him. Um, but... He also started. He also paid guests that came on, that didn't have to come on, because right. they were part of the show's success. Yeah, you know they weren't a part of. They weren't part of making the show happen. They didn't go in every day and do the show, but they came on the show when they didn't have to. Because like I think Aaron Rodgers came on every Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, Pat basically just gave him some money, and apparently Aaron was like, "No, I don't want the money. I don't want." It. And Pat was like, "No, you, you're taking this money. That's the kind of guy that he is. From all accounts, and not that I know a lot of people in that industry, but from all accounts, like no one has said a bad word about the guy except for like a couple of these pundits who try to go after him with with this whole thing about him paying for guests. Yeah, but don't all these shows pay their guests? Yes, all of them. Or, or it goes the other. It depends on who. It, I think it's like a clout thing. Yeah." Like, if you're trying to sell something, you pay to go on the show. Or if you're an expert that they need, like, they're trying to bring on the show to add credibility to the topic, then they pay you. Like, it, it kind of works that way, I think. Yeah, like, I guess it's, what is it, the, I love hating this show, the Today Show. Mm. Like, I, I haven't seen it in probably a year or so, but I love to hate that show. And half it's payola. Yeah. Like, they're pay, like these people are paying to go on there and... Like, oh, this is how you bake a freaking cookie or whatever the hell they're trying to, like, travel experts. Like, why should I listen to you about it? But they're just hawking some product. They're selling a book or they're selling, like, a cookbook or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like a completely out of the realm for some. I mean, would Joe Rogan's show be any less attractive to people if it came out that he paid people to go on the show? I don't think so. I mean... Yeah. It, if the information was biased because of it, sure, maybe. But if he's paying people to go on the show and they're still providing their expert opinion on whatever it is, because that's what Joe does, or I, I doubt he's paying his friends to go on the show on those ones where the comedians are there just hanging around bullshit. Oh, like when Tom Segura and them are yeah. on there getting all... <laughs> yeah. I, I doubt he's paying them anything. Yeah. But... And to be honest, I'm surprised. I don't. I doubt he would pay anyone. I'm, I'm sure people are just going on there for free. Well, like the, free I publicity. Just, I just listened to the episode with uh, he had with The Rock, um, 
and what's he going to pay The Rock to come on the show? Like, what? The Rock's got more money than him. Yeah. The, so the, the Rock, for people that don't know, The Rock gets paid over twenty million dollars a movie, and on top of that, he owns like seven businesses. Yeah. So no, he he's not hurting for cash. Right. I mean, he might have been selling something, but um, well, when he was on, I mean, I don't think he's in a, has a movie out, and you know, he was just on, and it was actually an interesting episode. You know, he's an um, interesting guy. Yeah, I mean, they talked a lot about working out, and you know, um, I'm sure he was probably doing some PR because of the whole Oprah Winfrey yeah. Maui thing. They did happened. talk about that. Yeah, um, how they got it, you know, and then he talked about how he got into wrestling, which is a interesting story. So his dad was in it. Yeah, Rocky then, Ma- Rocky Maivia was his dad. Yeah, and then when he got into wrestling, he ended up getting into it. Um, he's playing the CFL. Yeah, and ended up. Getting like a, a tryout and Vince McMahon, like so there's this one guy that was like super like influential and said, Hey, can you do uh Monday Night Raw? Oh, what when? Tomorrow. Like it was crazy. <laughs> right. And they he went on as a heel, which is like a bad guy. Yep. And then he was on there as like they said, Oh, just smile and, and how they develop it was about how they develop characters and and conflict and all this stuff in it. And it was actually uh you know, kind of I always thought wrestling was kind of, and I still think it's goofy. Like, I don't watch it. But, like, how, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin came out. It was supposed to be a bad guy. Then all the people liked the bad guys. <laughs> and, you know, how he'd drink a beer and, you know, spray beer all over the place. And Turns out it was a non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, and it, uh, <laughs> and it turns out that it was, like, everyone, like, all the drunk rednecks, and they're like, well, shocker, they like people that drink beer and tell people to fuck off. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. Yeah. yeah. There, there's, um, and you can check it out on YouTube. I, there's like, um, I want to say it's a show called Biography, or it might be the Biography channel on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And essentially, they took all the WWE biographies and they put them on YouTube. Okay. So, like, I watched the one about um, the Ultimate Warrior, and it was fascinating mm-hmm. to see this, just to hear the guy's backstory. And they talked about him and, like, Miss Elizabeth, and so, like, it was him, and they did um, Mick Foley. Like, the backstories behind some of these guys is, like, really interesting stuff. Yeah. Um, and they're about an hour long, so they're not short. They're pre- I mean, they're almost full-length movies for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um. I would recommend people like who have an interest in a good biography story. Check what check out the Ultimate Warrior one. That one's crazy to me. Uh, I think they did uh, the Macho Man too. Okay. Like the, I so look, we grew up around the time when like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Under the Giant, like those were Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter was there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Iron Sheik. Yeah. Like, all these were like big names and like that was back when wrestling, like the storylines were so good. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> you know, like those were really good storylines back then. Like I don't I don't keep up with it now because I'm older, but um I had I had no like misgivings that it was real wrestling. Yeah. But the storylines were great. Um the so matches were exciting. Dudes. <laughs> yeah, I mean and, and the match the matches were exciting. Yeah. Um I actually went to one as a kid at the Cap Center. Oh, wow. 
It, but you want it kind of killed it for me though, because when you go there live, you see how far away the hits are uh-huh. from actual hitting. Yeah, uh, they use camera angles masterfully for the for the non live show. So when mm-hmm. you're at home, it looks real. Yeah, but when you're there in real life, you see how far away like the, the punch is from the face. Mm-hmm. Like it's nowhere near it, and like the chest slaps. Well, the slap is actually coming from the guy slapping his own chest. Yeah. And he's not actually hitting the guy's chest. Um, it, it was just real interesting to see it live. Um, but it did kind of kill some of the mystique to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I would recommend, like, for people that they kind of grew up on this stuff and want to hear the backstory of those old, like, 80s and 90s wrestlers, just check out Biography on uh, on YouTube and you'll see it. Um, or just type in the name on YouTube and, and you'll see, you'll see the documentaries they have on there. Um, but going back to Aaron Rodgers, So Aaron, Aaron Rodgers was the lightning rod because of his whole immunization. And, and for people that don't know, in the height of COVID, you know, NFL players are supposed to have gotten the jab. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Aaron didn't because he was allergic to some of the ingredients in it. Yeah. And he could have taken the Johnson and Johnson jab, which ironically enough, he now works for one of the Johnsons on the jets. Um, <laughs> But uh, I guess the Johnson and Johnson shot had just gotten pulled off the market, so he couldn't take it. Yeah. Uh, so he did some natural homeopathic thing, and he said, uh, when they asked him if he had been vaccinated, he said, "Oh, well, you know, I'm immunized." Mm-hmm. And people thought that meant he got the jab, right? Well, then it came out that he didn't, and people thought, "Oh, he he's such he's killing babies." I can't believe he put other people in danger. He's killing mm-hmm. grandma. You remember all those th- things? Yeah. So, of course, he was a lightning rod for the CNNs and the ESPNs and all the ends and all the networks right. and all this. And so, and then he was talking about his ayahuasca trips and all this other stuff. So then they bashed him for that. Uh, basically, anything this dude says now, he's like vilified for it. Oh yeah. And so, well, that's what happens when you go into the mainstream. And so then he and then he comes out right after he gets his Achilles surgery, about a month after, and he talks with the doctors. He says, "Oh, I, I'm going to be back in four months." They all think, "No, oh, he's nuts. He's he's a quack. Yeah, he doesn't believe it's science, right?" And now all of a sudden he's going to be coming back to practice. And of course, people like Levitard are like, "I'll believe him when I see it." Or they actually said, "Oh, he didn't really tear his Achilles then." <laughs> It's like, God, you people just don't want to believe anything, or you just yeah. want to shit on this dude. And if, and then they, instead of just going after Rodgers, they went after, of course, Pat McAfee, because that's the only show he goes on. He's like, oh, he won't, he's not brave enough to come on my show and debate me. Aaron Rodgers, you should debate me. No one's going to debate you. Right. You're an asshole. Yeah, and then you're hooked up to, to a earpiece right. with someone feeding you the answers, you know, and it's... I would like to think about if Aaron Rodgers actually did come back. So people are gonna have to eat some crow. Okay, so say it's first week of December. He's able to practice. Let's say realistically, based upon that, his first game back is Christmas Eve, Week 16 against the against the Commanders. That's that's the game he's aiming for. Okay, so the Jets currently are four and six. In that span, they have Miami twice. Yep. At least one of those is a loss. Yep. Probably both of them. Probably both. So that's going to go to... Four and eight. Four and eight. 
They've got Atlanta and Houston in there. I'm going to say they're both they could conceivably win both of those games. Houston's playing tough right now. Okay. But but I I'll, I'll concede cuz CJ Stroud playing against that Jets defense might yeah. be rough. So, okay. So let's say yeah. 6 and 8. Okay. So they're 6 and 8 going into uh with Washington coming to town yeah. on the 16th. And you got 3 games left. 3 you games can, left. You could conceivably get to 9 and 8. Right. If they won all 3 with Rodgers, one of whom is against the Patriots, who are currently uh, two and eight. So, by the way, what's, suck on it, Patriots. But what's the <laughs> what's the point? Like, so he said he's only going to come back, and he said this a few months ago. He'd only come back if the Jets were still in playoff contention, right? So they might be able to get to nine and eight, but he's probably going to evaluate and say, okay, does nine and eight get us in? Yeah. Now the other part is though. What if he just plays those last three games, just to get, just to get some time in? Yeah. So that when he comes back to training camp in August, it hasn't been almost two years since he played a full game. Right. It, it might be reason enough for him to do it. Yeah. But it, I think if he thinks that the team has kind of given up, because you, you don't. The worst thing you want to do is you don't want to go back in and you're running for your life. Right. Right. So you you want to see how the team if their team is still playing hard. Um, I think he does play though. Um, whether the Jets can beat the Dolphins once, I don't know. That that team is really good. Yeah. Um, I, I think they're probably going to go one and three. Yeah. So you're, yeah. So you're, and then you're looking at. So they go one and three over those. You know. So now you're looking at five and nine. Yeah, you're out of it by that point. Going into with DC coming, you're going to win that game because for whatever reason, they just can't seem to do anything right. Um, if you played those last three games, Washington's a conceivable win. So now you're looking at, uh, was it six and nine? And then Cleveland depends on what well, Deshaun's out, but. Yeah, they still won last week, though. Yeah, and then that they defense is really good. Yeah, yeah. So they probably lose that one, and then the Patriots. That could almost be considered almost like a like a uh, Washington Dallas game. Like it, it, one or two two of those teams could suck, but somehow they will find a way to bring it for for that game. So well, it's all got to do with how the Patriots got Belichick away from the Jets. Yeah, or was it the Patriots got? Bill Parcells away from the there's some bad blood there because, yeah. because of coaching, but I don't. I, I mean, it'll be interesting. I, I think he's going to come back and play at least a couple of games. But the fact that that guy, it, it shows to me that people have not gotten out of their entrenched COVID bubbles, right? Because of how hard they go after Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. like. People are still yelling medical misinformation at people. Yeah. When they can't realize that a lot of the stuff that was said to be medical misinformation ended up being true. Mm-hmm. It's like, at some point, you've got to reevaluate the information you got, whether it was true or not. And are you going to believe those same sources again? Yeah. To the point where you're yelling at 
another human being who wants nothing to do with you, who probably doesn't even know you're still a sports personality somewhere. That, and I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are still doing this. Oh, I think they're, I mean, I watch people driving in their cars by themselves with their mask on still. Um, I'm like, man, you really got got, didn't you? <laughs> like, well, they're still doing the 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 Pfizer COVID shot. They got Travis Kelsey doing, yeah, doing commercials saying, "Hey, you can do two things at once," because they're trying to say you should get it when you get your flu shot. Because there's a lot more uptake for the flu shot than there is for the second COVID booster. Mm-hmm. Or for this COVID boost. Or whatever version this. How many would I have gotten had I continued getting them, I wonder? Every six months, right? Isn't that the, the standard? Yeah, so I stopped. So I did the first two that I was supposed to. And then one more. So you did the you did the uh, the first shot, the second shot, which was considered the full dose. Right. And then, I did and a, then a booster. booster. Yeah. I, th- and then, I think I did the same. I haven't done one since. Right, me either. So it's crazy because after I got the booster, I got COVID. So, and I was fine. Like, it, right. you know, so that was in 21. So would I have gotten four more boosters by that point, by now? Maybe five at this point. Yeah. If it's every six months. But, and I'm like, I'm not saying people shouldn't get it. If you want to get it, get I'm it. I'm not a doctor, yeah. right? But more information has come out in the last two years about how effective it is and whether it's necessary and who it's necessary. Like, you notice how they don't push it for kids anymore. Yeah. That's gone away completely. Like if, if, if you're under 18, they're not pushing that shit at all. Mm-mm. And I, I think the I, everyone but five... <laughs> Everyone but Pfizer kind of realizes that, hey, we kind of fucked this all up. Yeah. Because eventually there, there's going to be something that comes around. Mm-hmm. And if you got probably now 60 to 65, 70% of the country that isn't going to believe what you have to say anymore, your effectiveness as a governmental agency is gone. Right. You've sacrificed your own credibility. Right. And in fact, you now have to worry about what you say because... What you might now say is going to be automatically deemed to be false mm-hmm. by probably 40% of the population. Yeah. 30% is going to definitely question it and probably be longer to uptake. And the other 30 will just take it because you said so. Right. They're the ones that are wearing their masks in their cars by themselves. Yes. Um, and then when they were actively slandering, uh, like, because the only reason they were able to operate under the the um, emergency youth use authorization, say that one a couple times fast, hmm. was because there was no other sort of um, treatment for it. So that's they why they went after right. That's why they went after um, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. Um, what were what the ones? Uh, there's another treatment that was going around. That's why they, that's why they went so hard after those was because if those were deemed effective, then the EUA goes away. Right. So, you know, that's why they, 
you know, when Joe Rogan, they said the horse paced and they made him look like he was yellow and all that crazy, you know, <laughs> what? That, that alone was incredible as far as a case study of being lied to. Yeah. Like the doctored video and then the multitude of times certain media outlets said, oh, it's horse paced. And then the CD saying, you're not a horse, you're not a cow. Yeah. Like that was extremely oh, and then, coordinated. And then when they had the the video of they said, Oh, this this uh Kansas City ER is overrun with people overdosing on on uh on ivermectin. this on ivermectin and they were wearing like long coats and it was in the summertime. But no one quite but the, That was the Rolling Stone article. Yeah. When they interviewed they interviewed a doctor who didn't work there. Yeah. But what gets me is how no one questions it. No one calls them out. And that's what I find so troubling is you have all these people that just don't call them out. They 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 are just... It was funny. So there's a very popular podcast called the H3 Podcast. That with, uh, Ethan Klein is a host. I had never heard of this guy until COVID. And someone played a clip of his talking about... Someone, someone was questioning COVID and the... I, I, Basically, just questioning the vaccines and whatever. And he goes, "Bro, it's the government. They they know what they're doing. Just they they did all the research for you. Just do what they're telling you." I'm like, "You you have an audience of millions, <laughs> and you're telling people this. Like, just don't question it because it's the government." Yeah, like. And this is like where part of the, and like he's a staunch Democrat, and, and and like yo, Democrats were never about just believe the government. No, like this is like, and I, I don't want to make it political, but like, you got people like him, and he he mostly caters to a younger audience, and he's just like just, just do it. the government. You don't have to think, man. The government did it for you. Like what the I, fuck? I couldn't believe when I was seeing some of this stuff. Like, so Neil Young, oh yeah, went on his you know because they kept Joe Rogan. He's like, you're gonna pull all my music off Spotify. And Spotify's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> right. But like, Neil Young wrote, you know, keep on rocking in the free world, mm-hmm. Southern man, like all these songs. Like he was like one of the counterculture. Like my mom and dad, they, I don't want to say they were hippies because. It turns out to be an actual hippie. Back then, you needed, like, money to do it. <laughs> they didn't have any money. But, like, they were, you know, more like, they taught me to question everything the government said. And, you know, uh, but then you had, like, from our generation, like, Rage Against the Machine. And Zach De La Roca became, like, a straight-up, like, shill mm-hmm. for the government. Well, it was Tom Morello. Yeah. I don't I, I don't I, I didn't hear anything from Zach. It was Tom Morello, though, that... And, Fuck man, but still, I mean, and but Rage never like distances themselves from. Well, I think isn't Zach DeLaRoche like in some like isn't he like in Belize like just out of off the grid? Yeah, but he's still. I mean, he just did a show. Oh, did he? Yeah, they went on tour. He was he was with the band. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, was so, it? um, but they didn't do that fucking song, right? If you don't don't do what they told yeah. you, like uh, if you do what they tell you, right? Huh? Right? <laughs> like, uh, yeah. you're, are you the Rage that used to like? Rolling down over a day with a shotgun, like where where are you guys? 
Um, it was just such a strange, like, everyone just kind of... Howard Stern becoming like a complete just, you know, wacko for it. That, um, that guy was super anti-government, do-what-they-tell-you stuff. Yeah. And now he's like... He I guess he doesn't... He didn't leave his house until like last year. Yeah. Other than to go to work. Like, what the heck is going on with you, man? Yeah. You used to be like counterculture, like fully. It's but like, is he even relevant? Like, does anyone listen to Howard Stern anymore? I don't think so. I mean, like, I'm sure he's got, like, when we say nobody listens to him, I'm sure he's got some listeners that have Sirius XM radio just for him. Yeah. But it's nowhere near what his listener base was when he was on terrestrial radio. Oh, no. When, when he went... I mean, the reason I got satellite radio back when he... Was because he went to it. Right. That's the reason I went to it. Yeah. Um, and then... I mean, I used to work, you know, work midnights and, you know, at a hospital. And part of the... You know, was watching the day work staff come in. I'd be sitting in the in the in the security truck watching, um, or listening to Howard Stern on the radio. Like that was the highlight of my day. Um, and now, like I don't think I listen to him about anything. Let me ask you: So Joe Rogan's contract with Spotify is almost up. Mm -hmm. I think Spotify is going to want to resign him. Yeah, but if you're Joe Rogan, what do you do? I don't think he needs them. But do you stay with them out of loyalty? Because you know how many calls and and f I'm sure some of the the some of it was very forceful to get rid of him. Oh yeah. And they stuck with him. Mhm. Mm so does he stay out of loyalty? Cuz it's going to be a lot of money. Does he stay with them? It's it's a ton of money he and the thing is like now he did waver a little bit. He issued some apologies and crap like that, but you know I don't really, when they're going after a comedian for using insensitive language, the guy's a comedian. Like, that's what comedians do. Like, it's not funny if you don't do things like that because look at all the unfunny comedians and what do they have in common. Yeah. Well, I, I just love it when Chappelle <laughs> was was in, when they were all flipping out about him and he said, okay, I'll... Also, there's this one comedian, and all she has is, I'm a lesbian. Like, that's her entire bit. And uh, he came on and said, I'll meet with you guys, but you have to, first you have to admit that this woman's not funny. <laughs> and they wouldn't yeah, do I it. remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's not. Right. Like, I, I can't see. And there are some really funny um, female comedians, but, like, when it comes down to, like. She just wasn't one of them. No, she wasn't one of them. Yeah. Um, and then when your entire bit has to do with, with your menstrual cycle, like. You're only really appealing to half the audience, and right. probably only half of them are going to really think it's funny. Like it's it's like potty humor, right? Well, it's, like, it's why Amy Schumer is not funny anymore. Yeah, like she's another one that went full on wacko. Oh, she did. She she used her kid as a prop. Well, look who her uncle is. Who is her uncle? Chuck Schumer. Oh, is that really her uncle? Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I yeah, didn't yeah, think that was family. real. Yeah. Hey. Yikes! <laughs> All right. I mean. So like Taylor Tomlinson's a she's a young comedian. I think she's funny. Yeah. But she just signed to do a late night show. I'm like, oh well, there goes your funniness. Right, I know. Yeah. I, there and there's there's a there's quite a few funny ladies out there, but Schumer's not funny. Like her 
her initial raunchy comedy, like her initial special was funny. Yeah. But then she just tried to keep redoing the same bit. Yeah. This is not fun. Okay, we got it. You did that the first time. Like, a lot of times with comedians, they're, it's their delivery that's the funny part. Mm-hmm. It's like they could say anything. They could put any words together in a sentence, and it's going to be hysterical because of the delivery. Yeah. Um, like, that's what makes, like, Chris Rock funny. Uh, Kevin Hart is hilarious with mm-hmm. that. Um, Chappelle, same thing. Yep. Like, it's the delivery. The cadence. Mm-hmm. It, it's... And she didn't have any of that. She had funny material. But once you use that funny material, you got to have something new. Yeah. Or you got to have that funny delivery and cadence. Mm-hmm. It, it works for men, too. It's like why Burke Kreischer's second uh, second special wasn't funny. Because he was still trying to play the beer frat boy. Yeah. Well, that shit was funny the first time because you had a story and a whole story that went with it mm-hmm. about your trip to Russia and also, and it was yeah. funny. Yeah. You try to do the f- drunk frat boy thing again. It's not funny anymore. Yep. You know, and that, uh, comedians don't get that. Like, they feel like it's, their persona is the funny, and it's the delivery that's yeah. funny. It's, well, it's, like it's how J- you deliver a joke. Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, made made jokes about nothing and didn't swear, but it was his delivery. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, Bill Cosby, you know, rest his soul, um, or at least the funny part of Bill Cosby <laughs> died. Um, he had a delivery to him. Mm-hmm. Richard Pryor, the delivery. Yeah, it. They were just. They came up with new things to be like new topics, but the delivery was always consistent, and that's what made it funny. Right, and a, a lot of young comedians don't get that. Like you might have your initial set and routine might be hysterical, mm-hmm. but you can't then try and copy that material, change it up a little bit. Yeah, and it's gonna still be funny. Like no, we heard that already. Yeah, what's the new story? What's the new funny thing? Yeah, there's a couple out there that I like. Like I like Matt Reif. Young, he, a lot of his stuff is audience. So yeah, it, and like the older ladies love him. Well, because they all want to bang him. Yeah, <laughs> the kid's a thirst trap. Yeah, like the funny. So here's the thing, I've seen two of Matt Reif's specials. Mm. The specials are okay. He, 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 it's kind of a running joke that you know, he's funny because of his crowd work, and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of true. The crowd work is the funny part. Yeah. Right? I've seen the specials where he just does the stand-up. It's okay. It's not as funny as, like, Bill Burr doing stand-up. Right. Bill Burr doing stand-up is hysterical. Yeah. Um, Matt Reif doing stand-up is okay. Like, there were some funny parts, but, like, the last one he did, the one that just came out on Netflix, mm-hmm. it, it was like he was trying to – he was having a conversation – but it's like a bit here and there was funny, but then he would stray back into the story that wasn't funny. Oh yeah, and so or not, it, it was. I enjoyed listening to it. I, it wasn't. I didn't agree with what he was saying. It just wasn't a comedy bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you see his clips on like YouTube, and I don't have TikTok, so I get I see him on YouTube where he does the crowd work, and that's funny. Yeah, right. And that is, so I, I enjoyed listening to the clips, but like I said, the two, the two specials were just, they were okay for me. Have um, you, another one I like is, uh, Stavros Halkius or 
I've only I haven't seen the full stand up. I just see his like his uh his Twitter posts. Oh um Uncle Ronnie <laughs> when the Ravens lose. <laughs> it's like the Ravens go to the Super Bowl, yo. And they lose like the Ravens fucking suck, yo. <laughs> How do you lose to the Browns? And he has that ridiculous ball. He's from Baltimore. He Is grew, he really? He grew up in Greektown. Okay. He went to Towson. Like he's a straight up like just like diehard Ravens, like like he came out of Jimmy Seafood from oh, yeah. from the back kitchen. Yeah, but his <laughs> his character that does the Ravens thing is like uh, the character's Uncle Ronnie, but like he's like your typical like Dundalk Essex. <laughs> just he's like. You know, if you're listening to this, Tammy, don't take me to court for the child support. It wasn't my fault that I showed my penis out front of the fucking <laughs> Waffle House. Like, <laughs> if we still had Joe Flacco. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> like, you know, you know who would have won that game? Super Bowl champion Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, like, he just... He, and because we, everyone around here knows that guy. <laughs> right. Like, whether it's you walk into the Wawa wearing your Ravens hat, and the guy's like, fucking Ravens suck, yo. And like, holy shit, you exist. <laughs> you gotta get your oil changed. He's like, yeah, fucking Ravens won, yo. We're going to the Super Bowl. Like, oh my God, you're here too. <laughs> I wonder I wonder how well that bit plays, or if he even does it on the road, because he's a stand-up comic. Oh, yeah. He, ta- he's, he goes on the road. I wonder if he does that bit Outside of Baltimore, or if it just plays on on, your, on the I think internet. he just does it as a thing for here. Okay. Um, have you seen his spe- like? Does he have a special that he has? Like, I haven't. A buddy of mine went to his show at the Lyric. They said it was a good show, and he didn't do it there. Oh, really? Yeah, and that was in Baltimore, right? So that's something he just does for the Ravens, and I feel I know. feel like it wouldn't play well on a stage. So it's probably good that he doesn't do it. But it plays really well in those little short clips he pulls. Yeah. It's hysterical. Now what he what he does, like he'll go like when he goes to Detroit, he'll like find like the like the Detroit version of that and make fun of it. Hmm. He'll go to the you know, Boston and make fun of the Boston version of that. So um like he kind of finds the worst part of each city and <laughs> kind of plays to it. Because everyone knows that guy. Oh yeah. Right? Everyone every guy that he's playing, everyone knows that guy. Yeah. And that's what yeah. makes that's part of what makes comedy funny is there's truth to it. And you're like, oh shit, I know that guy. Like yeah. that guy changed my oil last week. <laughs> you know, that that guy, you know, made my Wawa hoagie. <laughs> so the, the problem is for a guy like that, he's gotta be able to deliver he's gotta find another routine and be able to deliver it so it's still funny. Yeah. Because he can't keep doing this. Right. Because eventually everyone's going to have seen it. Yeah. So like if he goes back to Baltimore, he can't do the same set in Baltimore. Yeah. You know? So it, it, it's tough for a comedian to do that. But... We, uh... Where do we, I mean, where do we even start off this? I don't time? remember. <laughs> so... Aaron Rodgers, I think was... What, yeah, uh, we actually, I think we did 17 minutes of, uh, of, bourbon. of bourbon talk. So and that's probably why we don't remember where we're at now. That's right. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it'd be. I, I want to. I'll be interested to see if he comes back. For, for the thing that surprised me most, and I think this was the point I was putting out there, was that um, I, I'm wondering when people are going to kind of. I don't even know the right word for this. When they're going to come out of their bubble. 
and realized that they were sold a bill of goods. Yeah, built, more or less. And I don't. I, I I actually don't think a lot of those people will. I think there's a lot of people that were so bought into it and were so nasty to other people that they just they can't all of a sudden come around and be like, hey, I fucked up. Because their egos won't let them. You do see some people doing that though. Now, well, but, but, but then it's right. kind the, of, but it's also hearts. kind of passive aggressive. Like, give people space to forgiveness, forgive them. Like, but there's nothing. Like, there's no apology. It's just you have to forgive them. It's so I equate that like when we were, we were talking about Bill Maher in another episode, and even when he does some of his bits on like new rules or, or whatever he's doing on his show. He um he he still pokes fun at like hypocritical and wrong Republicans. Mm-hmm. He never points that finger back at Democrats. Like he he did this one little thing. Uh, I, I want to say it was about a month ago, and he's pointing out like Tom Cotton and another. Is this like Republican? Like Steve Scalise? Like Republican after Republican after Republican. I'm like, dude, you got to be kidding me with this shit. The people that you've been backing for years, you could say this shit in spades, and the effect, the the negative effect they've had on actual people mm-hmm. is far worse than what you just pointed out. Yeah, but that's your con- that that's where you're coming with. Yeah, and it's like, I don't think, I, I think you're right. So with him, like the Trump derangement syndrome is still so bad in him. Yep. That even every once in a while, he kind of puts out a nugget that makes you think he's turning a corner or that he's sane. But then he goes right back to that bullshit where it's that passive-aggressive, I'm better than you shit. Yeah. Rather than him coming out and say, you know what? Even someone like me was fooled. Mm-hmm. And I, and it's about time I admit it. He, he will never do that. No. His thing is, I'm a rich son of a bitch with a TV show, yeah. and I'm never going to be wrong. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, basically. Yep. Like he loves the system. One of our buddies, he he, um, he he likes to send that Dave Chappelle meme when they talk, like uh, when Dave Chappelle was doing that skit about working at the copy shop. Mm-hmm. He goes, and it was like, the customer is always wrong. Why? Fuck them. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and that's like Bill Maher's like attitude. Yeah. It's like I have this audience that I really misled for years, but. You know what? Fuck them. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. Are, that's why I'm like, can we even move on with a guy like that? It's like, eh, he doesn't see it. Right. You can't see the forest of the trees. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, you know, for, for like a guy like that Den Levitard guy to call Aaron Rodgers again, even though he proved to be right the first time. Mm-hmm. And Lebetard was wrong the first time when he called him out. Now he's going to call him out again? Yeah. Like, you're going to go back to that well? Maybe he's right. Maybe Rogers is right this time. Yeah, but there's enough people that will just, you know, oh, yep, yep, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know. Because they want Rogers to be wrong. Yeah. Because it might vindicate the first time when he was right. Yeah, wearing their mask inside their house by themselves. It's nuts, man. I don't think, I don't think people are going to come out of that cave. For a really long time, if ever, they might yeah. die. They might die in that cave. Yeah, and it sucks. But we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you to Cheers and Spirits in the Arnold Station Plaza. Brian Schilling at AppleHomeExperts.com. Rate us on the uh, uh, Apple 
or Spotify podcast platforms if you're there, please. You seem to have enjoyed the whole show because you're here still. So give us a thumbs up, like us, comment. If we said something stupid, let us know in the YouTube comments if you're there. Or leave a comment and tell us we're stupid. (laughs) We'll see you next time.